and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodewanek, and for the first time in this podcast history, the Gophers football team has lost. They fell to Iowa last week, dropping them in the rankings and putting their Big Ten West title hopes in just a little bit of jeopardy, uh, but they get the chance to rebound against a lowly Northwestern team this week before a vital matchup against the Badgers to close out their regular season. So to break down everything happening in this upcoming matchup and recent Gopher football news, we bring back our football reporters, Nick Youngheim and John Miller. How you doing, John? Good. Nick? Doing great. All right, well, make sure to check out both of their work on mndaily.com, and they will be in Northwestern. They were in Iowa last week as well, and they will be making the trek down to Illinois for the Northwestern game on Saturday, so look out for their stuff there as well. All right, so headlines. I want to get to the polls a little bit. So I don't know. Maybe I was expecting a little bit farther of a drop. Maybe in just in my head, maybe they they were thinking, oh, the Gophers maybe was that was a fluke Penn State game or something. But they didn't really drop too far. AP dropped them from seventh to eleventh, and the college football playoff actually dropped them even a, a smaller margin, only eight to ten. So they're right around that top ten tier range, which I think is probably fair. So, in your opinions, did they get it right? Yeah, I agree with you that. I think it was a fair ranking. I also expected them to fall a little bit further, but I think what we're seeing, especially from the college football playoff committee, is that they're rewarding teams for beating quality opponents and not punishing them as much for losing to other quality teams. Iowa's certainly a top-20 team. Kinnick Stadium's a really tough place to play. And, uh, you know, the Gophers didn't look great, but they were still right in that game till the very end, so... Yeah, I think they got it about right. I think 10-11 is where this Gopher team should be right now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with, you know, I, I me and Nick talked about it after the game. We really thought they would probably be somewhere around the 14-15 kind of range, and for them not to fall that far I think is good, and it speaks volumes about how good Iowa is. I mean, Iowa only lost to ranked teams. Connect Stadium, like Nick said, is a tough place to play, and the Gophers even playing their worst game of the year were right in it. Like, that shows you how good they are. They were right in it, and they had a chance on that final drive. And then Tanner Morgan went down. I mean, they had gotten he had gotten sacked on back to back plays, which presumably is where the concussion happened. But I think everyone was already kind of sad about a potential loss, and then that kind of compounded onto it. We don't know how he was going to do from watching the TV broadcast. He wanted to go back in. It looked like he was ready to go back in, and they were hel- holding him out. So initially, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But obviously, with head injuries and things like that, they're going to take it very seriously. So. Did PJ offer much of an update during his Tuesday press conference about Morgan's health? Very veiled language from Coach Fleck. He says that Morgan's making progress in the concussion protocol, but honestly, we won't know. It'll be a game-time decision, and I'm sure at uh, Ryan Field and Evanston that all eyes are going to be on Tanner Morgan in pregame warm-up, seeing if he's ready to go. And, you know, I think that we'll probably know just about the time everyone else does. Yeah, I mean, Fleck is never honest about injuries. I mean, Flaylele was a full practice for three weeks, and so was Kamal Martin when he was hurt, and both of them didn't play you know, in, in the games that he said they were going to play. So like Nick said, we'll, we'll, we'll know when you know. And what is the impact if Morgan's out? There's not a lot of experience behind him, but presumably this is maybe the best opponent they could face besides maybe Rutgers when maybe they have an injured starting quarterback. So what what's the impact on the offense? Will they run the same things? What should we expect? It's hard to kind of know because we don't know these freshmen really well, but what what's your take on it? 
I think this is a pretty quarterback-friendly offense, especially if the running game can get going. They're not playing nearly as tough of a run defense as they have the last two weeks, so there'll be a lot of emphasis on Rodney Smith, Shannon Brooks, and Mo Ibrahim to get it going on the ground as well as that offensive line. But, yeah, I think in terms of run-to-pass ratio, maybe a little more rush-heavy than usual, but nothing too radically different. Yeah, I don't think the offense changes, but um, one thing Fleck talked about is, you know, he could play both quarterbacks in the game if Morgan's not able to go. And Soraka, you know, the offensive coordinator, talked about talked about the differences between Clark and Kramer yesterday. Clark is a pure pocket passer. He's a little taller, 6'4", 6'5". He's good in the pocket. He could throw the deep ball. And Kramer, you know, he's got a good arm, but he's more of a scrambler kind of quarterback. He's a little shorter. Um, so that's the difference between the two, and he's always said that the, both of them are ready to take the second snap of every game no matter what happens. Uh, so I think regardless of if Morgan plays or not, both of them will be ready to go, and they will run more, but I don't think they're going to be afraid to throw with these two if they have to play. Sure, and again, combined they've only thrown four passes, so – really only gotten in in garbage time and then when Morgan was hurt there is there any indication I know you said might both of them might play is there any indication about which way they're leaning or which way Soraka in his language made it sound like he's leaning do we have any indication about where they might start it out no I, I don't think so and uh, I think honestly I mean the one pass we saw from from Clark in that Maryland game where he threw that bomb down the sideline an absolute dime. I mean, that's who I probably would have went with, but they get to watch these guys every day. And uh, I think I think Soraka genuinely really likes both of them, so we could see both of them play. Yeah, throughout the whole season, they have been very careful about not giving away their hand as to who's the backup quarterback. You look at early some of those Big Ten blowouts right away where they kept Morgan in the whole game or even went to Seth Green a little bit in the Wildcat not wanting to give it away. They finally went to Kramer against Rutgers, and then they put Clark in against Maryland. They've been setting up for this the whole season, I think, trying to keep teams guessing. And Kramer was the one that came in after Morgan came out. I know Flex said that's not an indication of who it's going to be. We just kind of have been rotating him. But actually in his two throws, he had one that was it was third and 21, and he threw one, and I think probably went like 19 yards, hit Bateman, I think. Bateman or Johnson in the hands, and he dropped it. So it looked like a good ball. So he's he's the one from Texas. He's kind of the the gunslinger. Uh, Cole, or, uh, Jacob Clark is the local kid, or is, do I have the other way around? Clark's the gunslinger. Clark's the gunslinger. Okay, yeah. well, Kramer, I like the way he threw the ball in his limited time out there. So I think the team has confidence in either one of them. Reading over the quotes, I think they're confident in either – Clark or Kramer, but I do agree it's going to rely on Brooks, Smith, Ibrahim to kind of keep that offense rolling. Yeah, and if I'm if I'm right, I think they don't really have they're not really focused on another quarterback commit until 2021. So the three they have now, you know, between Morgan and the other two is is pretty much what they're going to roll with the next two years or the next you know finish up this year and next. All right, so just reflecting a little bit more on that Iowa game before we preview Northwestern, I just want one big takeaway from. The Iowa game, something that maybe Gopher fans can continue to look for in these next couple games that they're obviously going to have these two, and they're guaranteed a bowl game at this point. They're hoping there's a Big Ten championship game in their future, a bigger bowl game after that if they get to that point. But I think mine is just this team has kind of started out fast in a lot of games, finally didn't start out hot against Iowa, and they showed they could at least fight back and give themselves a chance. I think 
there were a lot of times during that game where it didn't really look great. They were not playing very well, and you could tell. But at the end, they still had a drive. They still had a chance, and I think that's kind of what good teams do because it didn't really seem like they deserved to be in that game the way they were playing, but they still had a chance at the end, and it obviously didn't go their way. But just the fact that they had that chance, I think, is a big takeaway. If they fall down in against Northwestern, against Wisconsin, against any game they play, that they have the opportunity to fight back from that. I would say that I was impressed with the defense's ability to bounce back, but at the same time, the way that they started was uncharacteristic. Um, they talked about it in availability this week. Um, it was a lot of little things that the players pointed to, just positioning, um, filling gaps, where their eyes were, footwork, stuff like that. Um, those details become really important this time of year, and a lot of the times it's the teams who can execute those little fundamentals, those things you probably work on way back in August. Those are the teams that are going to end up winning, and you know, if you lapse on those for just a little bit, you can see what happens. You'll fall down 17 points real quick and not be able to fight back. Yeah, and I think when it comes to the defense, the one thing that I would note is the Gophers against Penn State got lucky that Clifford started off slow. If we remember in the first half of that game against Penn State, he threw a couple of terrible balls that would have been easy touchdowns or you know big gainers. So I think... They got a little lucky that Penn State didn't start faster than they did, and so Iowa did, and then they, they had a nice adjustment at the half. But the one thing that I would take is, you know, not only the defensive mistakes, but there was, there was just bad penalties all around. And this is a team that, you know, was fourth in least penalties in the country. I mean, they, they don't make mistakes. And it, it felt like the Gophers just – it was one thing after another, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And it was really uncharacteristic. I don't know if it was because of Kinnick Stadium, uh, but they weren't playing – you know, fundamentally sound football, you know, on offense and defense, and that's that's one thing that I would look for. If they start out slow against Northwestern, you know they're going to be in trouble when it comes to facing Wisconsin. All right, let's look at that Northwestern game. So just previewing the opponent, they're 2-8, and 0-7 and in the Big Ten, so not great. Their only wins have been to UNLV and UMass. So, I don't know, just plain and simple, they're not very good. This is the worst team they've played since Rutgers and – Based on how they've played against two ranked teams, Penn State, top five team at home, and then Iowa, I think even if they shot themselves in the foot like they did against Iowa, they'd get past Northwestern just because that offense just for Northwestern just isn't really great. They've only scored over 10 points twice in Big Ten play. I believe they had 15 and 22. 22 is the highest they've scored, and I believe that was to Purdue. Uh, And just looking at their offensive stats, they're 13th out of 14 Big Ten teams in total offense. They're last in the Big Ten in passing. Seventh in the rush, so decent rushing team. Who and what should the Gophers fans know about, look out for, about this offensive unit when when they take the field? Yeah, you look at some of these stats for the Northwestern offense, it's almost comically bad. They're way near the bottom of FBS in passing. Just quarterback play, they've tried out a bunch of different guys this year. They had Hunter Johnson transfer from Clemson, who was supposed to be the guy. He was not that. They're on Aiden Smith right now. Um, Offensively, you look at their receiving core, their leading receiver, Riley Lease, has about 300-something yards on the season, I believe. So they have not been able to move the ball through the air. So I think if the Gophers can just make sure that Smith has to throw the ball, they can get out to a lead early, pretty much dare Northwestern to lean on its passing attack because I, I don't think the Wildcats can beat the Gophers in that area. 
No, I mean, the Wildcats offense is averaging nine points per game in Big Ten play. So, I mean, that's absolutely terrible. And if you look at Aiden Smith, you know, who took over for Johnson, three touchdowns to nine interceptions. I mean, he's very turnover prone, and this is a defense that likes to get a lot of a lot of turnovers. And then one name that, you know, kind of emerged last week for UMass was Maple Grove's, uh, Maple Grove's own Evan Hall. He had about 200, over 200 yards rushing against a terrible team, but maybe they found something there. I know I, a lot of people were – um, kind of upset he didn't go to the U, but he's uh, he chose you know Northwestern, and he you know that was really his first game of the year, and he had four touchdowns against UMass. I mean that's that's uh, that's something to keep an eye out on an offense that really can produce nothing. Yeah, and running backs, it's all about getting in rhythm. So obviously they're going against a Northwestern's going against a lot better of a rush defense between UMass and Minnesota, but just having that confidence, having seen those big plays, that can always help them. So. Shifting to the defense, ninth in total defense, ninth in rushing, seventh in passing, so pretty middle of the road, back half. But they're the better unit of the two, and I think Northwestern is always kind of known for their defense and known for their low-scoring, winning low-scoring games at that stadium. Gophers haven't won, I believe, the last three times there. So the defense can do some things, and they're seventh in passing against a unit that might not have Morgan, so they might be able to shut that down. What are we seeing from that side of the ball? Why do we think they're better than the offensive side of the ball? What what could cause the Gophers' challenges? Pat Fitzgerald is a good defensive-minded coach, and he'll have a really disciplined defense. He'll have guys in the right position. Um, in terms of pass defense, um, you know, if Morgan can't play, that will provide some challenges, but the Northwestern secondary should be overwhelmed by the combination of Bateman and Johnson. A couple good linebackers for Northwestern, but overall the this matchup should also be in the Gophers' favor. Yeah, I mean Soraka talked about it yesterday that he, you know, they lost last year and he really respected how well Northwestern's defense, you know, played because they, like Nick said, they do the right things. They're always where they need to be, and if they, you know, they're they're not any just because they're two and seven, they're not any less athletic than Minnesota is. I mean, they're a really good team and it's a team. Well, they're not good this year, but it was a, a team that won the big 10 West last year. And really, I think the difference for that team is quarterback and the, the defense for them is just going to be They're They're going to provide some challenges for, for Minnesota. And Fleck made sure to share that, that they are still the reigning big 10 champs that he loved to say it. You know, I think, Every coach has got to find something good to talk about when they're looking at a team that might not be that great on the other side. And they are the Big Ten West champions. I think they're kind of a shell of that team. But they're coached by Pat Fitzgerald, who's a really respected head coach, who kind of had taken that program from nowhere to prominent. They Obviously, they won the Big Ten last year. They've been ranked. They played Stanford tough in the opener. They had some close games at the beginning of the year, and then that quarterback play just dipped, so they never really got going. But again a well-respected team that they're obviously at least supposedly not looking past. Do we buy that? Do we think that they're taking that O&O mentality every single week coming off that Iowa loss with such an emotional game next week against the Badgers at home, defending the Axe for the first time in 15 years, all of that? Do you get a sense that they're looking past it at all? Well, when you put it like that, I might be put, looking past this one a little bit. But I right now I think that... P.J. Fleck deserves the benefit of the doubt the way he's coached his team this year that his players have bought into that mentality. They've all said the right things so far, and like you said, they are the defending Big Ten West champs, Northwestern, so P.J. Fleck has been saying you can't be the 
be the best unless you beat the best. So that's what they're rallying behind this week. Yeah, I mean, every single player interviewed this week has said we're 0-0 and we're going to go into the Northwestern Championship season and we're not looking past Northwestern because they were the former Big Ten West champs. Uh, so I don't doubt it. And also, I don't think the senior players, I mean, every single senior player, uh, Winston Delabadier, as well as Thomas Barber, has just talked about well, these guys are going to be in the mindset of this week. You have to be in the present. That's what Barber talked about yesterday. And this this team will be ready to go, and I think they I think they want redemption to put you know a big can of butt whooping on Northwestern, a place they haven't won since 2013. Yeah. So, what would it take for the Gophers to lose their second straight game? I I would think it would be kind of an emotional letdown. They're still not over that Iowa game as much as they want to talk about it. And as much as they talked about getting over that Penn State win, I think they were caught off guard maybe a little bit in the first quarter, first half, maybe just not up to the top of their game. And who knows, maybe that's just playing in Kinnick Stadium, tough environment, but that could also be Penn State let down. So is there any Iowa let down? What would it take for the Gophers to lose this game? So I think that Tanner Morgan would have to not play and that Clark and Kramer would both have to make a lot of freshman mistakes in order for the Gophers not to win this game. I think they would have to play down to the level of Northwestern's quarterbacks this year pretty much, and that would have to make the offense unable to move the ball. But even if they did that, I think the running backs, the offensive line, and the wide receiver core all provide enough talent for the Gophers to score enough points to win. Yeah, I mean, it would take the backup quarterbacks playing terrible. It would take, you know, Tyler Johnson having drop-itis again. Like, you know, his drop-itis came back at the worst possible time last week. Um, it would pretty much have to be the whole team play bad regardless because I think we'll get some turnovers. I think the Gophers, you know, maybe get some fumbles. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback. I think they learned last week that they need to start doing that more from the get-go because they didn't rattle Stanley soon enough, and in the second half they did. Uh, so if you rattle um, Aiden, he's just not going to be uh, – I mean, he's going to throw some picks. So they just have to play their game, and I think it'll be an easy win. Well, I, well, I had what would the Gophers have to do to win, but I think we kind of just touched on that. They would have to just play a brand of football that they're just not – they haven't really played this year. They really have to have a letdown. So I don't think we need to expand on that. But keys to the game, what are some just key things that fans can look at, like, oh, if they win this, then they'll be good. I, For me, I would just say get off to a lead. That I think that just helps the if it's the freshman quarterback, which I'm just presuming at this point it is. I think Fleck's going to take it carefully. He's going to consider that this is just Northwestern. I know they're taking them seriously, but they've got Wisconsin. They've got bigger aspirations. I feel like they can. They think that they can get by with their backups on this one. So I think it would be getting out to a lead because that goes against Northwestern having to play throwing the ball. They want to run the ball. Gophers want to run the ball, and their defense turns the ball over, and I think that happens when they have a lead. If they fall behind, then you're relying on those freshmen. You're playing into Northwestern's hand offensively, at least, that they get to run the ball. So I think if they can jump out to a lead, then it should be smooth sailing from there. I think that's spot on, and I think all Minnesota has to do is find the end zone a few times. Um, The last two times they've played at Northwestern, they've been shut out. So obviously that won't cut it, but as long as this defense comes out, does what they have to do, play like they did in the second half against Iowa, just play smart assignment-based football, I can't see Northwestern scoring more than 10 points. So the Gophers offense, no matter who the quarterback is, should have enough firepower to win. Right, yeah, I, I just think they need to start running the ball great. I mean, the last two games have been... 
kind of abysmal running the ball. So if they they get off hot, I mean they're playing two of the better run defenses in the country. They just start, you know, mediocre. I mean they'll be they'll be fine. I mean uh, they would have to play below average for the Gophers not to win. I think. All right, and I'm gonna ask you for predictions. So who you got winning this game? I've got Minnesota. I would say by at least two scores. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's good. I think Minnesota will win like say 27 10 and i will finish off i'll say minnesota 23 7 just maybe a little lower scoring if morgan plays and they get off to a lead i can see them taking him out just keeping him healthy and one thing before we end it programming note with thanksgiving next week there will be no episode so you will not have a preview before the badger game so the next time you hear us we'll have known what happens with northwestern we'll presumably know what morgan's health is and they will have played for the axe where either they're going to have a lot of excitement about a Big Ten championship game or there's a little disappointment coming off two losses in the last three weeks and having an historic season still go, but not playing in that Big Ten championship game and having a chance at the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl and the college football playoff. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like when we talk to everyone next. But thank you, Nick. Thank you, John. Safe travels down to Northwestern. Thank you. Thank you. In other news... The men's hockey team was swept by then number 8 Penn State last week. The Gophers were outscored 14-5 on the weekend as mistakes came back to bite Minnesota. This week, they take on Wisconsin in a border battle hosted at Mariucci. First puck drops on Friday at 7 p.m. The women's hockey team had much better success than their male counterparts, sweeping Bemidji State at home last weekend. They outscored the Beavers 10-1. The Gophers remain number 1 in the country and sit at 12-1-1 on the season. They travel up north to Duluth for a weekend series against the Bulldogs that begins on Friday at 3 p.m. The volleyball team saw mixed results last week falling to Wisconsin on Thursday, but rebounding on Saturday with a win against Michigan. The Gophers are at home for the final time in the regular season this weekend as they take on Nebraska and Iowa at Maturi. The wrestling team also saw mixed results. Last Friday, they fell to Ryder in a stunning defeat for the Gophers. It came down to the final matchup, but Ryder did just enough to pull ahead of the Gophers, taking them down 21-17. The team looked to rebound in South Dakota over the weekend and claimed seven titles at the Dactronics Open. The women's basketball team claimed a convincing win against ranked opponent Arizona State last weekend, taking down the Sun Devils 80-66. Destiny Pitts led the Gophers with 22 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. They are back in action on Saturday against Montana State at noon. The men's basketball team dropped their third consecutive game on Friday, falling to Utah 73-69. The Gophers will look to get back on track with a four-game homestand that begins on Thursday against Central Michigan. Finally, the cross-country teams competed in the Midwest Regionals last weekend. Neither the men's or women's teams clinched automatic bids, but the women's team did receive an at-large bid, so their season is alive and they will race for the last time this weekend at the NCAA Championships. The men's team didn't qualify, but runner Alec Baston did as an individual. That's all for this week. We'll be back again in two weeks to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.